launched event back in 2012 today, working with 3,000 customers paying 50 bucks a month, so 150 grand per month just on their SaaS product. That makes up 50% of their total revenue. Uh, that's up from 50 grand per month about a year ago. So 3X year-over-year growth that's healthy. 800,000 bucks raised to build this thing. They'll spend 15 bucks fully weighted to get a new 5-0, a month uh, customer. 14% revenue churn per year. Team of nine folks based between London and the U.S. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Richard Green. He's the founder and CEO of a company called Event, a platform looking to change an industry through creating an affordable service where only where one simply did not exist before. He loves challenging the norm and trying to change the world one event at a time. Richard, are you ready to take us to the top? Yeah. All right. This is a tough space. Like, you know, events come and go. Sometimes they don't stay. Churn is always an issue. Tell us what your company does and, and kind of how you're adding value to the space. So an event submission, you're right, it expires. You have a very short amount of time to make that event successful. Our proposition really is around making sure the event hits the most amount of consumers in that short amount of time. So if you look at Austin, where you're based, uh, we're live on Austin 360. We're working the product from being a submit once to the local newspaper online to being also distributed through a syndicated network of event listing sites. So you're on every listing site where there's consumers. That gets you by default exceptional placement in Google, so you get search. We're also moving content to the newspaper, so if you buy online, you appear in print. And lastly, with some of the newspapers we're working with, you have relationships with a company called Spoken Layer, and we can also get those events into voice. So if you're in Austin, you submit an event to the paper yesterday, no one's gonna see it. But if you submit it today through our relationships with newspapers, you're on the website, you're featured, you're distributed, you're in print, and you're on voice. So if you're asking Siri or Alexa where to go tonight, that information's around you. We think that's a good product. And what's your model? Is it a SaaS company? We're a SaaS-based platform, yes. Okay, we so- charge- Sorry. I was gonna say, yeah, so what's the average customer pay you per month for this? Well, we have a, we have, we've tried to get into a pure play subscription model, but a lot of people wanna just submit an event. So our model is that we allow people to submit an event, a bundle of events, and also they can get onto subscription plans. A single event's a festival. They don't want a monthly deal. Uh, if you're running training courses, you want a bundle. You don't want to be on a monthly or a single. So we also have subscription. The subscription deal is obviously better price. You get about a 50% discount on the subscription. Average price of an event, anywhere from $25 to, to promote uh, an event up to a thousand, depending on the category location. So people on your subscription plans, on average, what are they paying per month? Uh, 50 to 60 bucks. Okay, and what are they getting for that? Uh, they can submit up to four events uh, per month. Okay, so th- this to me is like any company that is doing four events per month, typically it's gonna be, a, I, I guess, a very large company, right? It's a lot of events, it's a lot of overhead, it's a lot of planning, but your price doesn't reflect that because it's five, 50 bucks, it's like SMB pricing almost, right? So like, how do you, don't you tap out eventually? I mean, there aren't that many companies that do four events every month, is there? It's the local market. So when you look at the market at, at large, 98% of the market's local. Yes, you're thinking Britney Spears and Live Nation, and you're thinking these big festival companies. That's actually qualifies for 2% of the market in terms of the events that are actually happening. If you think about Austin, there's 5,000 events roughly that we think go on every month. Those companies running those events are venues. So you think about the, the comedy, the live music, the nightlife, that's really where we're focusing our attention. We're not trying to help the big guys. The big guys have got big budgets and they're already using lots of different tools and they've got big brand names. What I'm trying to assist with is the local event. Okay. And if you're a local comedy club, you're probably running two to three events a week. 
So you probably need a package that's somewhere between, you know, 12 and 16 events a month. So it has to be affordable. Otherwise, we're just producing SaaS software for a niche market. So how many how many customers are you working with today on just the SaaS product? Uh, we have around 39,000 customers worldwide that use events platform. In terms of on, to, on, on the SaaS solution itself, around 3,000. Okay, 3,000, got it. And when you say the 39,000 number, is that in the past 12 months, someone has paid you at least a dollar to run at least one event? Uh, well, our, our total customer base is over the last six years. So uh, we're targeting the US market. Obviously, it's, it's a big market to attack. Our product today has been sold uh, predominantly in over 139 countries. So it's something that's been organically available and we have customers all over the world. However, we are now targeting local newspapers uh, and we're directing our affordable marketing offering into the local markets through companies like Gatehouse, as I mentioned uh, pre this call. So Richard, just to be clear, today you have 3,000 customers that are paying on your subscription, your monthly plan. That's correct. Okay, and so multiplied by 50, that's about 150 grand per month in revenue right now on that plan, is that right? That's correct. Okay, and what, what percent of your total revenue comes from the SaaS offering? Uh, our SaaS business today is about 50%. Uh, the other 50% comes from people that, you have to remember, people don't just sign up, I think, to our to services today. They come in on a freemium model. Uh, we grow that model. That's the way you get your 40,000. Uh, we, we move them through into a paid, sometimes singles and bundles. And then once they're comfortable with the brand and the service, they then move on to more affordable monthly plans. That's how I feel a good approach to bringing customers on. Yeah, no, I think that makes good sense. It, talk to me about growth. So where were you, you know, if you're doing 150 grand per month today on the SaaS platform, where were you a year ago? Uh, we were down at about uh, 40 to 50,000. Okay. I think one of the challenges with any company is how to, to acquire customers. Most businesses out there, if you look at Ubers and any of the mobile apps, they're spending 12 to 15 bucks acquiring customers. You need a big war chest to go and attack that market, to attack your market if you are spending that much money. Uh, any technology company on the market today is challenged by customer acquisition. One of the luxuries we have is that there's 65 million events being submitted onto the web every year. And what we're trying to do is get into the workflow of those event submissions. So by working with newspapers, providing them event calendars, and allowing local audiences to submit locally and access our product really has a zero cost of acquisition. And that's really where we're focusing over the next 12 to 24 months strategically. Uh, so it has zero direct cost of acquisition, but if you do fully weighted and you account for your team's time and the phone calls and the travel and things like that, it does have a CAC. I mean, so what would you say your fully weighted CAC is to get a new $50 a month account? Uh, well, we put that in at about 60% right now. You know, net margins are sitting at 92, uh, but we think it drops it down to 60, 60 if you think about the cost of the build. However, that build in terms of our strategy to come into the US market with event calendars to access events organizers who want to promote events, that technology build is now over the hump. Uh, we released with Gatehouse two weeks ago. We went live with 472 calendars, including the Statesman in Austin, uh, Austin 360. We went live from zero to 476 calendars within an hour. So the technology is starting to scale based upon that initial investment. Okay, but Richard, sorry, I don't understand. My, my question was to get a new $50 a month account, what are you paying to acquire that customer fully weighted? Your answer was 92% net margin and 60% gross. I don't understand how that answers the cat question. Oh, I see in terms of cost per acquisition. Yeah. Uh, cost, per, cost, cost per acquisition in the business today is probably about 20%. It's not, it's not high. 20% of what? Of, of, the, of, the, of the price that they come in at. So at 50 pounds, you're looking at about 15, $15 to, to acquire a customer. Okay, got it. So you're getting paid back in the first month. 
I'm sorry, I'm just, I look at everything as a percentage of the revenue coming in. But yeah, it's about $15, uh, $15 based on a, on a $50 uh, transaction. Got it. Um, you know, I mean, that, that, I mean, that's an extremely fast payback period, though. One month is, I mean, most SaaS companies, they're looking at six, 12-month payback periods. So they would spend 500 bucks to get a new $550 a month customer. Yeah, as I say, you know, there's two options. You either spend, if, if, I, was, if I was trying to acquire customers through paid advertising on Google or Facebook, I'm sure my cost of acquisition will well, be no, very- No, it's not just that, though. It's, I'm talking fully weighted, which also means your team members that are flying around to Austin to close these deals. We do everything. Uh, we have people that operate from Houston, but we don't fly them around. We do everything over Zoom. We speak to clients directly over the internet. Uh, we have a very lean operation. How many people on the team? Uh, we have in London, we have seven. Uh, and we have two here in the US at the moment. Okay, London and the US. So uh, you just had, what, nine people total then? That's correct. And are you the sole founder or you have a founding team? Uh, no, sole founder. Oh, that's great. When did you launch the company? What year? Uh, April 1st, 2012. 2012. Very good. And have you been able to stay disciplined and bootstrap this or did you raise capital? Uh, we've, we're always raising small amounts of capital. We're currently in an investment raise right now with some newspapers already invested. Well, we've got a $3 million raise currently occurring. Uh, investments today, it's been about 800,000. It's just small amounts to move the business when it was needed to be moved. But I, I class that as bootstrap still. It was still quite small. Eh, I don't, I would say 800,000. I would say like, no, I wouldn't classify that as bootstrap. 800 grand in the company is not bootstrap. Now, is that mostly equity or, or did you do convertible debt there as well? Oh, it's just equity. Okay. It's pure equity. Got it. And have you looked at venture debt at all or no? I have. I just don't like it. What don't you like about it? Uh, just, it just feels high risk. Even higher risk than giving up a big chunk of your company for 3 million bucks? Uh, yeah, I think well, the way we've raised money is we've, we've brought people in that want to invest in the business and support the business and drive the business, uh, venture debt. I just, I think it just feels a little bit more uncomfortable. I prefer to, I prefer to, to know where I stand in terms of ownership and investment in. If the company's successful, we all win. If the company's not successful, we all fail. There's a nice, there's, for me, that feels, feels good. Venture debt, I just feel like it puts, puts me in my my personal family at liability. So why does it put your personal family liability? Venture debt does not require personal guarantees. The ones that I've looked at have, I was, I was talking to a company via Silicon Valley bank in New York a few months ago. Venture debt seemed to be something that was either difficult to acquire or required guarantees. Oh, that's really interesting. Um, you, I'm, I'm who I'm curious who you were talking to. I've never met any venture debt firm that requires, especially one that was recommended by SVB that requires a personal guarantee. Maybe sometimes they ask for warrants and covenants, but yeah, I totally understand your point. I would never want to touch venture debt if I had to personally guarantee it. Um, interesting. Okay, good. Uh, what about some other economics here? So, so churn just on your SaaS product, what's your churn annually? Uh, well, we quote 86% retention. So you're looking at about 14%. 14% revenue churn per year. Yeah. Okay. That's not horrible. I mean, how do you feel about that? Uh, I don't like it. Uh, predominantly, we fight pretty hard. Fundamentally, the, the main reason for churn is that the business stops running events. Exactly. Uh, we do get people that have budget issues. I think one of the challenges, there's always new shiny things on the market that attract uh, spend. I think Facebook, amazingly, is attracting a lot of spend. Uh, whenever we dig into the accountability, we don't see the accountability, but the transparency of the marketing is, you know, it captures people's imagination. So churn is predominantly about events ending or budgets, you know, people not having the money. And those two, those are hard to fight when you, when you get on a call. Totally, totally understand. Very good. All right, let's wrap up here, Richard, with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Um, I've got lots. I've got lots. I've got lots. Um, the last one you read? Uh 
I got given one recently. I forget the name of it. I don't know. I forget the name of it. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Uh, I mainly follow CEOs at a uh, startup level. I don't follow the big guys. It's sometimes too difficult to understand. Yeah, yeah. So, so name one at a small startup that you follow. Uh, uh, Elliot Perry at uh, Flex. Out of, he's on a startup on, on a tech startup out of Texas, Austin. Oh, good. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building your business? Uh, number one is Zendesk. I'm, I'm amazed how good it is and how affordable it is at the moment. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, I push for eight. And I what, sleep in the morning. I go to bed late, sleeping sleep in the morning. All right. And what's your situation? Married, single kiddos? Married with two children. Oh, wow. You're busy. How old are you? Uh, I'm 45. 45. Last question. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? What do I wish? What? Sorry? What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Uh, what I know now. <laughs> Name something specifically. In terms of, sorry, I don't understand the question. Sorry. Something you, you've, you've been alive for 45 years. You have 25 years of experience after the age of 20. What is something you learned in those 25 years you wish you knew when you were 20? Uh, just focus on staying happy. Don't, don't focus on making money. Focus on uh, enjoying what you do. Guys, focus on staying happy. Launched event back in 2012. Today, working with 3,000 customers, paying 50 bucks a month, so 150 grand per month just on their SaaS product. That makes up 50% of their total revenue. Uh, that's up from 50 grand per month about a year ago. So 3X year-over-year growth that's healthy. 800,000 bucks raised to build this thing. They'll spend 15 bucks fully weighted to get a new 5-0, a month uh, customer. 14% revenue churn per year. Team of nine folks based between London and the US. Richard, thanks for taking us to the top. Amazing, thank you.